What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Theology and Worship Podcast. As always, we exist to equip the worship leader for spirit and truth worship. The title of today's podcast is Practice Makes Worship. I want to read uh, this passage in 2 Chronicles, and to kind of set the tone for what's going on here, the temple has finally been built, Solomon's temple, and it is this vast, beautiful structure, and the children of Israel have been looking forward to this day where they have a homeland, and now they are, they are making a house for God. So it's this big, joyous occasion. It's this big worship service. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, I want to start in verse 11. Here's, here's what happens. And when the priests came out of the holy place, for all the priests who were present had consecrated themselves without regard to their divisions, and all the Levitical singers, Asaph, Heman, and Jedithon, their sons and kinsmen, arrayed in fine linen with cymbals, harps, and lyres, stood east of the altar with 120 priests who were trumpeters. And it was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever, the house, the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. What a amazing passage uh, about worship and about what we do. Um, I just want to point out a few things. Um, here we see that worship leaders are, again, uh, borrowing their office from the Levitical priesthood. We see here that there are specific Levitical singers. And in fact, all the Levitical priests are present here, even though they have different jobs and their different divisions. They're all coming together. I think this is very similar to what we do at church. Uh, every gifting, every division, if you will, every department, you've got technical, video, uh, worship through music, usher, whatever, however you break that down for your church uh, service, everybody's a priest. Everybody comes from the Levitical priesthood. Everybody is consecrated the same. Everyone has set themselves apart the same. And here we see that there are some musicians and singers from the Levitical priesthood who have a specific job to do. They're arrayed in fine linen, which I personally like. I'm thinking skinny jeans, uh, you know, with, with slight cuts at the knees, uh, nice long graphic tee, whatever the situation is. They're, they're arrayed in, in, in their best, and they're singing with cymbals, harps, lyres. This is musical instruments. This is a percussion. Uh, this is, it's loud. It's amplified. I think that that's important for us to understand as we think through the cumulative principle that here in the Old Testament, we see a worship service happening very much like we do uh, here in modern 21st century church. I think that's awesome. Now check this out in verse 13. It was the duty, it was their job, it was the fulfillment of their calling for the trumpeters and singers, for the musicians and singers, to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. I think for us, we can sometimes get caught up in a trap of thinking that practice is not essential to what we do. In fact, we can even start to think a little Gnostically, uh, a little over-spiritually, that practice is this physical reality of me being better at my instrument, but maybe it's even more spiritual 
to come unprepared and just play from my heart. And I've, I've actually had this conversation with a lot of worship leaders. They're like, this is how I worship. This is how I want to be. I don't want to rehearse. I want to come an empty vessel for the Lord to fill. And while I understand the argument, uh, at the end of the day, I just find it lacking and I find it unbiblical. And I think that if worship is bringing a sacrifice of praise, then practice for us is often that sacrifice. For me to show up 100% prepared is my sacrifice of worship. For me to take the time out with my busy schedule and my crazy kids running around, that is a sacrifice of praise. That is me saying, God, what's about to happen in this house is worth my time, it's worth my attention, it's worth my devotion. And I'm going to set apart time to make sure that when I step on the platform, even for rehearsal, that is my first fruit. And that's what I ask of my team. I want it to be your first fruit. If your first fruit is all that you got left and that's 7%, it's your first fruit. And it's a matter of the heart and God receives it. But I want, I want to point out here that it was the duty of the worship leaders to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to God. Uh, so point number one is practice is often our sacrifice. Point number two is authentic thanksgiving is poured out in skillful playing. The more thankful you are to what God has done on your behalf and who he is, the more you are practicing, the more you are putting in your tool belt uh, the parts and the, the modes and the scales and, and the, the tones. Uh, Psalm 33 says this, shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. I love that amplified sound. I love it. 100 dBs, let's go. Uh, praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of 10 strings. Sing to him a new song. New song should be part of your community. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. Skillful playing is authentic thanksgiving. It's a response to who God is and what he's done. In fact, Psalm 33 goes on, verse four, for the word of the Lord is upright and all, the work is, all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. I love that balance right there of spirit and truth. And I think part of that balance, spirit and truth, which is something that we're so passionate about here, Part of that balance is bringing affection, heartfelt devotion. It's prophetic worship. It's spontaneous. It's unplanned. It's unrehearsed. But it always needs to be balanced with truth. Play in the right key. Know the parts. I, what I love to tell my musicians is embellish all you want, but when and if the MD asks for the part, you know the part and you're ready to play the part. And that just shows that you're coming here, you're putting this moment first, you've taken the time to set it apart, you've taken that time of sacrifice, and you are practiced and you are prepared. And then, of course, as we come together as a team, I love going back to Second Chronicles, you know, it's our job to make ourselves heard in a unison of praise and thanksgiving. That means that our team together is now rehearsing and practicing and going over the hits and going over the parts and the stops and the pushes and the quarter note rests and all that stuff. We're going to be prepared together to bring an authentic thanksgiving and play skillfully before our God. And that is our sacrifice of praise. I actually tell my team, rehearsal is for you to connect with God. Sunday morning is for you to connect the people of God with God. 
And that is a big distinction. And there's actually a whole podcast that's coming on this, private worship versus versus public worship and understanding that there is a difference and that we see just in the life of David a radical difference. When you step on the platform to rehearse, you connect with God. When you step on the, the platform to lead, you lead the people into the presence of God. Uh, and I think that distinction is so important. And point number three here is our worship should reflect the character of the God whom we're bringing the worship to. Psalm 150 says this, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness. You're responding to him, his excellent greatness. What kind of gift ought you bring? An excellent one, right? Psalm 150 verse three goes on, praise him with the trumpet sound, praise him with the lute, the harp, praise him with the tambourine, the dance, praise him with the strings and the pipe, praise him with the sounding cymbals, praise him with the loud clashing cymbals, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord, the earth is full of the steadfast love of God. I love all these exclamation points, it's full of life, it's passionate, it's amplified, it's loud, and it's a response to the excellence that he is and that he has uh, enacted on our behalf through the cross, through the resurrection. I think it's so important for our teams to practice, to rehearse. In fact, when I hit the stage, I wanna know guitar, E1's parts. I wanna know E2's parts, I wanna know acoustic parts, I wanna know the bass parts, and I wanna have a pretty good idea of what the drum should do. And that, for me, is, that's bringing 100% preparation. Um, and I think that allows me to understand where to play, more importantly sometimes, where not to play. And again, the goal is that we would be heard in a unison of praise and thanksgiving, like Second Chronicles 15 says. And I think that when that happens, we are all these different people from all these different backgrounds and all these under, all the different understandings of who God is and what he's done in our life. And we bring those together and it's the gospel in synergy showing us the team as one. And that oneness translates to the people that we lead and effectively brings them into the presence of God. Practice makes worship.